Today's episode is sponsored by TCG Player. TCG Player is your trusted source for trading card games in the USA. TCG Player sets the standard for all prices in the trading card game community, allowing you to look up what any card is selling for so you can know exactly what your collection is worth. Marketplace data is used in stores and communities all around the world, so you never have to wonder if you're getting the right price when buying, selling, or trading cards. Don't forget to check out their mobile app to scan, shop, or sell. Be sure to check out TCG Player to shop the latest cards in Magic the Gathering. You can check out the hottest singles from Murders at Karlov Manor. But TCG Player has so much more than Magic the Gathering. You can pick up any other TCG you know and love. With card games like One Piece, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Locana 2. With a variety available on TCG Player, it's easily become our one-stop shop. If you'd like to check out their site and support our show, you can do so by using the link in our description to shop. Thank you again to TCG Player for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to the Scry Babies podcast. I'm Lewis Stardust. I am Tori of The Vest. Today we're going to be talking about how we became the Scry Babies and overall just content creators. This is something that has been highly requested for a long time, so we're excited to finally bring that to you. But first, today's featured patron is Voodoo. Thank you so much to Voodoo for being a patron for us over here on Patreon. If you want to support the channel, that is the number way to do that. Number uh, way to do that. What? Number one way to do that. <laughs> number one way to do that. Uh, listen, we're, we're having a time, okay? It's hot in here. The lights are on. I apologize, but it is the number one way to do that. Yes, there yes, is a bunch is. of different tiers. You can get really cool tokens that Tori designs as well as stickers every month. We are over on our Discord hanging out, and there's a bunch of great features. So you can go to patreon.com slash scrybabies to join us and be part of the group. Thank you again, Voodoo. We appreciate you. You're the dude. You're the dude. All right. So uh, let's give a little bit of the magic origin stories. So how did we discover TCGs in general and Magic the Gathering? I'm burping. Sorry. <laughs> Keep it in. So I first started playing trading card games as a kid. I definitely collected Pokemon cards when I was little and my stepdad used to buy me all the Yu-Gi-Oh tins and I loved them. I definitely played them incorrectly. My favorite way to play was, believe it or not, uh, the Game Boy Color Pokemon trading card game game and the Yu-Gi-Oh games. Very, very fun. Very underrated games. Started playing those there. Kind of stopped playing card games for a very long time through high school, college, and etc. And then I started playing Magic because of my friend Mook Dubs. Mm-hmm. You may know Mook Dubs, the content creator. Introduced me to Magic, actually. So that's how I started playing Magic. And I started playing Commander. And I loved it. I thought it was super fun. That's awesome. Uh, I think it's like kind of similar. We're, we're in the same age range, so I feel like a lot of our stuff is similar. But I, too, grew up playing the Pokemon stuff and Yu-Gi-Oh! And I collected Magic cards, actually, for a long time. But I never played the game. I just thought the art was really beautiful. And that's something I wanted to collect and, and put in my collection of trading cards. And I read about it in a book, like a random book. Some character was playing Magic the Gathering. So when I saw in the store, I was like, oh, that's it. And I picked it up. I really grew up on just like horror and playing nintendo and like the trading card game was kind of essential with those three items and i feel like that's what really raised me yeah i didn't start playing magic until i it was during COVID actually during lockdown i um we kind of started playing around the same time we did start playing we can absolutely get into that Um, but i was living in virginia at the time and we'll get a little bit more into the first story for that because i'm going to talk about playing commander but individually we started making content so i know that you started making content i think mostly revolving around magic 
but other stuff too, right? Uh, it was mostly, it was just magic. It was just I magic. Okay. I made a TikTok account because I was bored and I was watching TikToks. And then one day I thought of a funny joke that I saw with a trend. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that and relate to magic because that's something I've been playing a lot lately. And it wound up doing really well and people really liked it and thought it was funny. So I was like, I'm going to make more TikToks about magic. And then it just just happened <laughs> i kind of love that it just happened um i grew up with a best friend who really liked doing my makeup and other friends who liked taking photos so i would just do a lot of like modeling for them um and i started this is how i got into my content creation so i started doing modeling for a while and then i started doing cosplay with it because i saw it on tumblr and i thought that was very cool and with the two of them i was able to kind of curate a big online community and really just make a name for myself on the internet for the past decade a lot of that does surround nerd culture so I've done my fair share of like Pokemon cosplays and just general nerd culture stuff and so I feel like they kind of went hand in hand I loved playing D&D and tabletop games and I did make some content around that and so as soon as I started talking about playing Magic the Gathering just like for fun I wasn't ever expecting to make content from it I just liked playing the game a lot of my fan base was like oh my god we play let me send you my old cards let's talk about this let's build this deck and so i thought it was really cool to see that you know my my nerdy fan base who liked going to comic-con and stuff also liked this because it wasn't something that was very represented there you might see like one or two tcg booths but i think now you're starting to see more of the tcg halls and events and things like that so um that was kind of my first like jump in there what was it like for you the first time playing magic because i believe we both started playing with commander which is not what most people recommend uh we learned around the same time playing prior to call time's release so i learned on the pre-con i think it was the reap the tides pre-con and the one that came out with it with the guy with the sword i can't remember his name for the Mm -hmm. life of me and i thought it was really cool so i went to the game store like a week after and i bought the mutate pre-con which i totally played incorrectly i did not know how to do mutate like i botched that stuff so bad (laughs) it's hard it was really hard to learn and i think learning magic through commander is a lot i don't personally recommend learning magic through commander just because there's so many goddamn cards there's so many mechanics there's so much stuff and it gets a little confusing but, but I think it's the thing everybody knows. It's now. the thing everybody knows now, mm-hmm. and it's almost the it's it's very casual and it's very friendly. So it is a good way to learn. I don't know. I I agree with that. I don't think it's my top way. We always talk about how Jumpstart and other things are great, but um, you know, it is the the more like social aspect that people are looking for. So when you think about that, that's probably what you're gonna find in an LGS. A precon is the best way to like pick something up and like kind of learn is what they're putting out there so thousand percent yeah i learned how to play after i had moved to virginia during the pandemic i was playing a lot of D and i didn't have any friends because i worked from home and i was self-employed and so i moved to this new city and the way i wanted to do that was going to my local game store and i found some friends that i played D with i helped one of them with a favor they were like moving so i gave them like some curtains and some other stuff and uh they tried to offer me money in return and then i was like no i don't want your money so instead they offered to teach me how to play magic the gathering so i can hang out for their game nights to play the card game and i always joke that i should have taken the money because i have spent so much money on magic the gathering now uh but overall it was kind of the best decision i learned how to play by just watching because i was too nervous to look dumb playing in front of a bunch of people Mm -hmm. uh, that i had just met and so i watched for a few hours and then immediately went to my local like game store after 
I picked up the AC Precon, uh, which is my nemesis commander. It is awful. I did not like it. The next day, because I live so close to Star City Games in Roanoke, I went there and I picked up a bunch of magic cards and some other stuff that I thought would look cool, which I think is like kind of a big deal to be like next to one of the biggest like trading card game yeah. stores ever. So that was like a really cool experience that I didn't realize how big it was until much later. Exactly. What was your first deck? Because we talked about our first pre-cons, but what was like the first deck you made or one that you like actively The played? first deck that I built that was not a pre-con was Arabo. Oh, okay. Yeah. The kitty. The, the kitty cat with Eminence. That card is insane. And I always think it's really funny because when I first played that deck and I got cards for it, I thought a $5 card was like... Oh, that's insane. It's expensive. That's expensive. I was yeah. like, damn, this must be a really busted card to be five dollars. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't realize how like far the ceiling went. Uh so that deck was like just really cool. It had a lot of good synergy because it was like a cat deck. I did like crazy cat lady. I had crazy like cats in there, and then I had angels and ladies. So it was all Celesnia, like green, white, cats and ladies. I took it apart because I did realize after a while that although it was very fun, it was not nearly as powerful as I thought it was. I took it to like an LGS because I wanted to go to like Commander Night and try mm-hmm. playing it with people. And someone sat down because we needed a fourth really bad. And he's like, I have a Yuriko deck. And I was like, I have Eminence. I've got a Rabo. I'll be fine. And we got crushed. And that's when I realized what the power level was. Yeah. In the scale. There's no like accurate, like actual power level scale ranking. So like being yep. a new player going to that, like there's no way of knowing. I've played like uh, my old LGS, we would do like top tables. So we go to play ca- like casual or like competitive commander during the day, but it wasn't actually CG like CDH. It was just powerful decks. And then if you won that round, you go to the next table. And if you won that one, you would get like mm-hmm. prize support. And there would be days where people would come with a pre-con and I'd be like, oh no, is this okay? So it's just like, there's no way to accurately um, figure that out. Uh, my first deck was like that I actively played a lot was the Lathral Precon. Um, I had played, like I said, the AC one and some other decks, but the first one I like really played was that. I really, I still play it to this day. It's like my absolute favorite. It's such an easy one. I think like, I wish that was still accessible because I think it's the best precon for new people. It's so simple. Um, and then the first deck I like really made was Kalia, which I think is really funny because we both built Kalia super early on. And yeah. I feel like that's like a very common trend for women in this community um i wanted a deck that was like super badass and had hot babes in it and they were like well this is the deck for you yeah i wanted dragons i i went to the game store and i asked them what's a good commander to play that involves dragons because i really want to play dragons but i know that they're very expensive so what can i do to play them and they were like oh we'll show you kalia she's super popular everybody loves her and i loved her so much that it became my namesake I feel like everybody's played a Lisa Kalia deck once or played against a Kalia deck for sure. Oh, a thousand percent. She is that bitch. She is. She's, and I also think like, I love Mardu. I like all those colors. Me too. That's, it's just such a fun deck. I've had so much fun playing it, but I think it is funny because a lot of people I know have like, oh, I remember when I first started playing Commander and I built Kalia. Why do you think it is? Why do you think she's that bitch? (laughs) I think she's that bitch because there's, I'm sorry, but there's just like nothing better than winning in Commander with combat damage Mm -hmm. it's just the best feeling ever like red players for sure (laughs) yeah i'm like like comboing off is cool and being like okay i'm gonna go infinite here and i have infinite mana everyone's like yeah okay but when you're like i'm gonna attack you for like 32 lifelink deal six to every creature you own it's just like you're not even talking about the best part what master of cruelties yeah it's like the best thing ever it's so much fun 
And it's also just like once she's out, everyone's like groaning and it's like you feel like bad about it, but you're also like, I'm the villain. I'm not sorry about it. Yeah. I think it. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's such a fun one because you're like, I get to cheat out these big creatures. It's yeah. playing a multitude of colors and it's also just like a really fun concept. You get angels, demons and dragons. So I think that's like an easy one that the girlies want to gravitate towards because she's like very strong and powerful. When I started playing magic, I immediately bought every strong looking woman card that I could find, which was like Najila, Yuriko, Winota, like probably the most busted, but also I just was like strong, like female magic, the gathering cards. And yeah. that's like what I found. So that's something I love that's represented well in this game is that women are strong in here. And that is something that I enjoy as a woman. So we touched a little bit about being content creators, but I don't think we talked about how we met. So let's give them the scoop. How we met. Yeah. We're besties and also lovers. We're lovers. Somebody did ask me that at a convention recently. We'll get to that question soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so how did we meet? Well, we met on the internet, as most modern love stories do nowadays, because we both are from New Jersey, the best state, the only state that matters. So we met We met in, online. We actually wound up talking through Twitter. I remember I followed Louis Stardust and was like, wow, she seems really cool. She likes anime and cosplay and all nerdy stuff and magic and she's cool and she followed me back and i was like wow she followed me back that's pretty neat and then we all started talking i think you me and beck mtg girl beck who is now beck Beck bond street fighter beck (laughs) we love beck we love beck (laughs) and we all started talking becoming friends and then one day lua messaged me and was like i'm gonna be in jersey and i have extra tickets to go see this comedian Curtis Connor, would you want to go with me? Because I have no one to go with. It's in East Brunswick. And I said, sure, I will go with you because I love him. And that sounds like it's a good time. So we met up there. Yeah. And we went to a comedy show together. And then, do you remember what happened? I fell asleep. Well, we both were well, falling asleep. asleep. Yeah, they drove But home. I drove her home because she was like, I got to get a train. And I was like, well, I'll just drive you home. And I... She's like, I'm at my grandma's house. And I said, okay, well, I will take you to your grandma's house. And it was five minutes from my dad's, where I was staying. Yep. So we grew up a block apart. Very close. For our entire lives. I think that's so funny, too, because when I so when I started playing Magic, I wanted to learn about the game. And so I went on YouTube and, like, of course, you find Prof and Commando and stuff. But I was like, I want to find, like, cool women doing stuff. So I went to TikTok. I found Beck and I found you right away. And I was like, wow, they're so cool and they're so exciting. And then, again, wasn't like me trying to make content or anything i just enjoyed consuming the content and like learning or like because you were so funny i found that so interesting um and shut up <laughs> and then tori's flipping her hair for everybody who's just listening to us right now um so when i messaged you i was just like you know she seems like really cool she's tattooed she's alternative like me she's from jersey and then we found out we were like we both lived in virginia at one point we have so many like weird similar things and again living so close to each other for such a long time was like a very like serendipity like weird thing very weird very weird so it's pretty cool that magic brought us together even though we probably like ran in a lot of the same circles for like music and things like that i know so that's how we met uh let's talk a little bit about how scrybabies was born because we had always been talking about what is being presented to us for content i think it's since the 
you know, three years that I've been doing magic, it's definitely evolved with a lot more uh, diversity in the space and a lot more because I mean, there's already diverse channels, uh, tabletop jocks, for example, um, command zone is very diverse, right? Like they bring on diverse guests as well. And those things existed, but there wasn't a lot of women doing things. Mm -hmm. So we have like, um, good luck, uh, high five, high five uh, EDH hijinks. There's really not too many mm -hmm. channels that are doing gameplay. And so we had been talking about this for a while where if we ever were to decide to do something, we were like, we would just do it with each other. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of like the thing we would riff back and forth on. Yeah. So we decided to yassify the <laughs> magic YouTube and join forces. We both got invited to go on Shuffle Up and Play, which are really cool episodes you can mm -hmm. watch there. Uh, and while we were going to Portland to film for Shuffle Up and Play, we were just like, you know what? Let's just do the damn thing and let's make a show and let's just let's just do it. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> the, the immediate looking at each other. Yeah, that's like a, definitely a, like a shortened version. We talked about it for a bit. And like, I think it was August when we were putting it into fruition, like of actually starting it. We didn't release our first episode till January and we had recorded it in December. So it was actually a really quick process yeah. to start a show like this, which I don't think people realize how complicated it is. Even now, I think we got tagged on Twitter the other day where somebody was like complaining about uh, just gameplay in general was saying oh what you record a game for 45 minutes and it only takes like eight hours to edit which is like so not the truth um i want us to do like a little bit of a tour of just like our studio and kind of like do a bts of like what it is like to record because it is long days it's a very long day it's a very long day we start sometimes at like 11 or 12 um a.m or 12 p.m and we're done at like nine and we're like our guests get to have breaks because they're rotating through tables but yeah. we have to sit all day and do it and so i love doing it don't get me wrong it is like the most fun to do but like that's only one portion of it that's not including editing that is not including the promotion we do on social media that's not including um you know working on sponsorships handling our patreon there's so much that goes into doing content like this it's like a full-time job it is yeah but we also have our own full-time jobs we also both have full-time <laughs> jobs yeah so it is a lot it's um a lot. Which is like, we'll get into a little bit more about that later, but uh, that's a little bit about Scrybabies was born. Um, I guess for you, is there any fear or reservations that you had going into making something like this? I think my fears with it were, I'm one of those people where I am always worried about, well, I'm putting a lot of time and energy into this and a lot of myself into it and I'm afraid of it failing or not not failing but just not doing what we wanted it to do or leaving somebody upset yeah. like we didn't get you know the, the the viewership wasn't there or people didn't like it they didn't really enjoy it and we might have to scrap it and we put all of our time and passion into something for it to not really work out so yeah. that was a big fear um fortunately we have so many lovely viewers and supporters that that did not happen it actually was the complete opposite and this channel grew exponentially faster yeah. than I think we expected it to. I think we expected it to. too, yeah. There's been, and like for transparency too, like YouTube is like the most confusing thing in the world. Uh, the algorithm changes constantly. The rules change constantly. It is a very hard space to be in. Um, our first episode did extremely well for a first episode, let alone a CDH episode. And it, the episodes after that did very well too. It's really hard to not think about the numerical value of an episode when you look at something that like does like 40K and the next one does like 10K, right? I guess there's a little bit of pride in that um, because I, I think we work really hard with what we do and I want to put out the best content possible. And so when those don't get viewed, it kind of like sucks a little bit. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's not like what we're aiming to do. Like I'm not 
going to set with you every day to be like we have to make the top tier 100k content like we're like okay we want to play fun games we want to show people like our personalities we want to introduce diverse people in this community people we think that should be shown we want to just have a fun goofy space which is what a lot of people come up to us and say they say that we provide them so much joy and laughter and they just like our banter together and the people who like the podcast just like letting like listening to us talk which I think is like kind of the unexpected part of this like I, I always knew that we had good chemistry and people would enjoy it but I didn't know it'd be this much yeah I remember when we first started making the show like you even said you're like I think we could do like probably two gameplay episodes a month and I was like oh I think we just do one gameplay episode a month like it's just gonna be a small little project of ours and every once in a while we'll like shoot a video and then we'll have it edited and once a month we'll drop a cool video no it went it like hardcore went into like there were some times where we had four gameplay episodes a month. Yeah. You know? And I mean, it's great. The more the merrier. We were happy with that. But I think we expected it to be, like, way smaller and grow eventually. And we're like, yeah, we'll see how it goes. And then we'll make it bigger. But we were like, oh, wow. After that first episode dropped, it was really hard to be like, oh, okay. Can we meet that, like, demand? Um, and we've tried a lot of different things. We tried, like, which we could talk about, like, failures and successes and pros and cons and hardships, which is kind of where we're at now. But, like, even trying Sarai Baby 60, which is something, like, I don't play as much, like, I play competitive magic for CDH, which is not, like, the same thing, but it is in a, in a way. It's a competitive form. Um, but I'm not playing, like, the 60-card 60 60 <laughs> constructed magic as much as you are. I love playing popper. That's my thing. But I'm not, like a you know pioneer girly or a modern girly and so we had talked about doing more stuff like that because I think it's fun to showcase every part of magic and I think it's really cool to showcase the things that you're excited about and passionate about and I wanted to learn those as well and we had tried doing that and YouTube is again so weird with algorithms where people didn't even know we were putting out those videos yeah people didn't know about it they also weren't just getting the attention that commander was getting which is fine we know commander is a lovable format I think it's entertaining but it's very hard so. to be entertaining while playing sometimes because you're focused on the gameplay and i feel like that's the difference with the commanders it's easier for us to like have a good banter have a good conversation make some jokes because it's very it's unserious game. yeah it's a social game like it's serious but it's not like you're, you're having fun i unfortunately think there's like a stereotype that the 60 car stuff can't be fun which is not true which is so <laughs> untrue and we were yeah. trying to make the 62 show that like some people I feel like are intimidated by those formats. They think it's not fun. They think everybody's a spike. They think it's going to be scary. And it's not. People that, you know, if you're new to the formats, people would absolutely love to sit down with you and still play with you. No one's ever going to be mean to you about it. But it is very hard to make content around, especially when we're a channel that is very focused on the entertainment side. Just wasn't there for, I guess, as many people, which was fine. We tried it. Maybe it'll come back one day. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. but that's okay. I think so too. I think there's like, there's like pros and cons to it, right? But I think it was something worth trying and I'm happy that we at least got to try it. And again, if it comes back one day, that would be awesome. I know that like Profs Channel, um, for example, is like so big and like um, playing with Power Play when they have tried doing that. But I just know that YouTube, which if you're not aware of it, is so specific that if you're like, hi, I'm a Commander Magic player and you do anything that's not Commander Magic, they are going to be very confused and not know how to show your audience this. Um, it, it is just very hard and so when you are watching these videos please 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 make sure that you like comment subscribe i know people say that all the time it is so true if the freest thing you can do to support our channel is literally retweeting reposting sharing it with somebody else telling a friend it is the like freest way to support us and make these things possible and it's so true like i'll go on youtube sometimes and i'll watch a video and be like that was cool and then i click to the next one and i'm like i didn't even like it yeah I didn't even like it. I didn't comment on it. I just enjoyed it. 
and that was it and i went on my merry day yeah and you have no idea how much a like and a comment matters yeah so please like and comment on all of your favorite creators videos not just us but all of them for sure even if it's something like changing a light bulb give that person a like we do have some questions that we're going to add in here as well some other stuff so one of them that we had was from voodoo dude who is our featured patron which is super funny uh they asked what was the most difficult part of getting the channel started what do you think people overlook in the process which we talked about the editing time for sure. Our editor, like a base minimum is like 13 hours, I feel like, for any editor that we've had. I think to just generalize it, um, into this type of work with a plan is very important. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing that you could do and the hardest thing for us to do is we were like, all right, we need to get some cameras, got to get some you know, microphones and then whatever, you know, we'll figure it out from there. Which is very expensive, by the way. It's expensive, so you definitely want to make sure you have a budget set and that you know what you're buying and you don't want to, like... You just want to... You don't want to have to buy something twice. You want to just be able to get the right thing the first time. Uh, So doing your research on the equipment that you're going to need, always very, very important. I think it's often overlooked how much money goes into this at a startup cost. Uh, So my best advice to someone who wants to start doing content creation... Even if it's not as big as a YouTube production show, even if you're doing something like TikToks or YouTube videos or a little vlog, always keep a budget sheet and always keep track of everything you're spending, whether it be cameras, whether it be postage, whether it be anything, just keeping track of all of your spending and all of the equipment you buy comes helpful very, very much. Tori is the budget person and the money person for sure. I'm like, this seems great. Do, 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 do. So I appreciate that you are willing to take that part on because that is the hardest part for me. Yeah, there's definitely, I think, a lot of stuff that gets overlooked as far as like how much work goes into this because if I'm being fully transparent there, sometimes I don't get a day off. <laughs> I am constantly checking things, updating videos, talking to our editors, working on things, writing podcast episodes. Like you do a ton of it too. You, you mail out the things, you do the art for the show. Yeah, I want all our little patrons to know and if you're going to become a patron, I handwrite every address <laughs> and I stuff every envelope and, and I lick take? every envelope and it takes me five hours to mail them all out. But I sit there and do it with a smile. Yeah. We don't have like a, a team that works behind us. We don't have this. any elves. We don't have any elves. Ian's the closest thing possible and he works for us for free basically, which love you, Ian. Thank you. But it's it's not a cheap thing to do we've like lost quite a few episodes this year because our camera malfunctioned then we had to spend you know almost nine hundred dollars on a brand new camera we try to budget for emergencies and stuff like that but that is like you know the beginning when we started um doing this like we started patreon which was it was very surprising to me that we started the patreon earlier than before we actually launched and people had joined it because they wanted to support us which i thought was very cool and that made it so we were able to start doing this but that's not including like the cost of equipment, like I said, feeding our guests, making sure that we could pay our editors, making sure we could care ourselves. In the beginning, we were paying out of pocket to like... Yeah, we put out a lot of money up front um, for this project. We had no backing at the time. And also the entire first year of Scrabbies, we did not take any money as a form of payment for ourselves. Zero dollars. Not a dollar. All the money went right back into the show. So that's something you have to understand too going into content creation is you're probably going to perform at a loss for a while but that's okay because you shouldn't be doing it just for money anyway since we talked about hardships and pros and cons we talked a little bit about the cons but what are some like pros of doing this like what are some of your favorite things or just what do you like about making content like this? so my favorite thing is i very much enjoy making people laugh making content and knowing people either enjoyed it laughed at a joke i made whether it be on tiktok youtube whatever 
that always makes me feel really good knowing that I brighten someone day just a little bit. Oop, I punched the mic. Mm. <laughs> I think the other pros of it are meeting a bunch of really cool people. You get to go all over the country. We've actually went to Canada. You know, we went outside of the country and met a bunch of cool people. That was awesome. Played a bunch of cool games. We got to go to MagicCon as invited guests. We go to like the cool conventions of the STG as invited guests. There are a lot of pros to it. And there's also cool little meaningful conversations you'll have with people where you don't realize the, like, the impact of what you do. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you've had someone probably come up to you and tell a cool story. But like one of my favorites was I went to an STG and someone came up to me and was like, oh, like I love your channel. I built the sliver deck that you have that you played on your channel because my son plays magic and I wanted to start playing with him. And now it's something that we both do together and go to the game store together and play commander together because I watched your channel and liked your deck. So now me and my son have something we have in common and spend a lot of time with together. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's a really cool bond with, you know, this guy and his kid because he watched our channel and yeah. like little things like that are just like, ugh. I think we have like just the best supporters, fans, like followers, whatever you want to call them in, in the world. Like they are so nice to us. We have like one of the biggest lines we've ever had. I talk about that all the time in Vegas because I'm like truly shocked by it. But just seeing like the cards that they bring us to sign is always really funny. Just seeing how much we impact them, them talking about their favorite episodes, moments, guests that we've had, like that stuff is really special. I also really like love how much people love your art yeah i think you're a fantastic artist and it's really cool getting to see people get really excited about the type of tokens you make and stuff like that i really just i don't know i think we're lucky that this has been so positive with our fan base and even when we're like hey our mics are shitty and broken this week people are like ah We'll still watch the episode. Yeah, they still watch it and they deal with our crappy mic sounds. Yes, so we definitely do our best. Um, somebody said, uh, our patron Lux said, outside of being badass good people, how do you grow a following with meaningful connections and relationships, which I feel like is pretty um, much about what we're talking here about at this moment. And I think that is just like being our authentic selves. Like we could not be more us on camera. There mm -hmm. is no like finessing or personalities or alter egos it's literally just us being two goofy girls from jersey like that yep. is it yeah and we're like authentic all the time like when we have our patreon nights where we're playing games or we're building decks or something that's just who we are you yeah. know we don't try to put on an act or anything it's just i think the two of us really value transparency as well like uh, get off topic a little bit but even with our business relationship i think like it is not easy to get into business with your friends or anyone in general and so i think being transparent about what our fears and reservations are the things that we're excited about making sure like you have a goal i have a goal they might be different let's try and see how we can achieve those for each other so that our goals are met as well as our shared goals i think that's really important to try and make sure that we are listening to each other and, and growing the channel and the way that you know there's something that we think is valuable but it is a mistake or it does not perform well then we can have those conversations i think we're really good at doing that and i think we're real friends so it makes it like a really fun and interactive space and i think it shows mm -hmm. so that was a lot of words about work i apologize i would love to know some of your favorite moments of things that we did in 2023 i think going to film with quest for the jank lords was really really cool we got to go do that at MagicCon, and that was a really good time um, I think some of my other favorite things were, did we go to Canada? Well, no. So Canada was that actually, was, December of was the end of 2022, but Holy it went into 2023. Christ. For me, my favorite thing was besides like staying at a creepy hotel, hanging out with our friends, like filming in the snow. It was crazy, but 
I love the fact that when we were leaving Canada at the airport, our episode of Shuffle Up and Play had aired. So we were watching it there after we came back from doing our big collab. And then that week we filmed our first episodes. Mm -hmm. And so like I'll always remember those because it was just everything back to back and not for nothing too. Like we had only been playing magic what for two years or like not even that long. And we, we took this big step. So getting to do that and and go into 2023, I think was really great. I agree. I also think it was really cool because I moved to Philadelphia and then like conned you into moving here too. So it worked (laughs) out really well. That like that's another cool like thing that has like, that has to do with content, but it doesn't is like, we both moved to this like new city that we both never lived in before, but mm-hmm. have been to often. And we both kind of get to be like, let's go try this place. And it's cool because we already have a buddy to go do that with. So we're not mm-hmm. like alone in this new city. It's really nice. Cool. I like that too. Um, I When I look for places, I look for ones that are close to Tori and Ian's like, we need to just find the right place. I'm like, but how close is it to Tori? Yeah, I, I, I have to, that's very important. We have to make sure we're at least within 20 minutes. We'll get back into uh, more of like our favorite moments, but I just want to point out too, as we're talking about this, it is so important as business partners too, to make sure that we are having time as friends mm-hmm. uh, because there's some days where like, where we're just talking so much business where I'm like, okay, we need to be like Wednesdays are our business day. And like we film on these days and that's whatever, but also like let's get together and go make our Taylor Swift candles or let's have yes. our twilight movie nights, like making sure that for dinner, yeah, do even stuff. if it's once a month and, and you guys do something that's not work or magic related i think that's really special and in a really great way of like strengthening a business relationship i think that's really good we team took our, building we actually did team building we at the end of the year did we did an escape room we did if escape i'm room. ever captured i will simply die no you were great <laughs> we did an escape room and we had dinner with our uh, one of our editors and steve and ian and i thought that was like a really way like great way of doing that because we're not like an official business or anything fancy like that but it was a good way to like show appreciation for our um, team in general, which was really cool. So other favorite moments. I really liked getting to, all the guests we had this year actually were fantastic. I don't think we had anything where we were like concerned. The gameplay was great. Everybody was really fun. Everybody was really like down to roll with the punches if our uh, cameras had issues or if something else happened. I think obviously an episode we talk about a lot is the one we did with Lady and Rachel. I think that was really cool to have like our first all-female pod. And yeah, getting to like get some of our dream guest checked off the list was really cool getting to just make good content that we Mm -hmm. feel good about was some Mm -hmm. of my favorite stuff what are some of your goals for scry babies that's a great question so i'm hoping that with scry babies this year we'll continue to see a nice uptick of success really hoping that the podcast does well because we have so much fun recording these episodes it is just such a nice change of pace from just doing gameplay Mm -hmm. i would like to see scry babies maybe eventually partner up with the other west coast yep. channels out there i know there's commander at home there's game nights i think if we got on game nights that would be that'd be pretty, pretty cool. wild and now we're also in the ambassador program mm-hmm. so i think all of like the realistic big goals we have we're like almost watching achieve in real time which is really neat yeah like i said like did not anticipate this to get as successful as it did so fast yeah so yeah, I think my biggest goal for sure is like to keep this podcast stuff going. Um, it was like a thing we just briefly talked about and like you guys seem to really like it, which is really cool. And it's very fun for us to just like talk about things and hang out together in a way that's not like laser focused gameplay. We got to go fast, which is cool. I have the same kind of goals. Like, of course, like maybe a numeric school scale would be great. Like maybe we hit 50K this year and that's awesome. But I just want to make sure that we do some unique content and mm-hmm. we try to bring some stuff that's like 
again authentic the same scry babies but maybe we do different types of videos or we dress up for them like i bought a freaking alternative dress for outlaws at thunder junction so when we get the pre-cons we can play them we did dress up for our other um pre-con game that we lost because our again our mics were not great which is something we're working on so that is a big goal for us this year is to make sure our gear is just pristine accidents will happen things will happen but as long as we get to like the right amount of perfection as as far as the mics and audio and cameras go that's all i care about so that's kind of like my big goals for us what advice would you give to somebody who wants to start a magic the gathering channel we talked a little bit about the financial aspects earlier but is there any other you know we talked about expectations and stuff like that so i think for starting a magic channel i guess my best advice is to make sure you're doing this for the love of the game and that you're having fun doing it yes because the second it is not fun it's just not worth it i've always said that about cosplay too i was like if i ever just like don't think it's fun i'm just not gonna do it anymore and i also think that a great piece of advice for somebody going into content creation in general is to remember that you need to also step away from things at times I feel like going into content, you start to blur the lines of personal space, boundaries, and time. Yep. And going into content, you constantly feel like you need to be on. You don't need to be constantly on. You don't got to reply all day. Mm -hmm. Make sure you spend some time for yourself. Yeah, I think the hardest thing for going full-time with content in general, um, and even with this, is like setting an actual schedule for yourself. It took me like six years to actually get to a rhythm of a schedule. And there's like months like this where it's just too crazy to do it. So I think if you're saving like now I answer messages Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I never do it past like 4 or 5 p.m. because that's going to be my time to like be with my partner and have dinner and play with my pets right so making those boundaries for yourself which is a thing we do in therapy I've been in therapy really working on those boundaries and so I think that's really important for us um as as just humans to set boundaries but especially if you're making content because it especially with it being on your phone and things like that yeah it never stops and I think a, a good thing too with magic is um in magic content there will be a lot of opportunities that present themselves to you whether it be attending an event or guesting on a stream or playing with someone at at a show or doing something say yes to things you want to do but also don't feel compelled to say yes if you don't think you can because you know you're going to have to give more of yourself than you want to and it might stress you out but you're afraid the opportunity won't come again it's going to be okay Mm -hmm. say no to things Because saying no to things also means you're saying yes to yourself. And it's important to do that. You can also say maybe later or next time. You don't have to say no, never. You can just say this is not the moment, but I will be happy to do that. I'm a firm believer in like things that are meant to happen for you will happen for you. I think you have to work hard for them for sure. But saying like in the same vein as what you're saying, um, you can do those things later. It does not have to be right now. So we're going to take viewer questions in a second. But our last question that I have for you, since we're doing this podcast now, which is pretty cool, what are some topics you're hoping we cover on here? Um, So I'm hoping that we get to continue doing more set reviews. Mm-hmm. I think those are really fun. I think it's exciting. We're very, very fortunate to be in the ambassador program to get access to the cards and all of the information early because it allows us to share all the information with our viewers at a very reasonable time. Um, I'm hoping to cover more topics with viewer questions. Uh, Definitely more stuff about behind the scenes, what goes into making content, what goes into recording episodes, just 
a lot of the back end stuff I think people don't know a lot about and how it works and the cogs that turn to make what you see happen. I think maybe we do like a like a timer mm-hmm. of just like the day to see like how long it goes and set like a time lapse of that. Uh, maybe we have like our editors in a vlog just to be like, hi, here's how today's gone and like what I've yeah. done. I think that's interesting too. I think it's also interesting like even outside of just like magic in general, like we were talking earlier about YouTube shows you might like. You might like video essays or, you know, come watch me play this game. Like there's so much that goes into it. And I think being able to know how much work some of these people do just for your entertainment, it just brings a di- different like level of appreciation and understanding. I think so too. Um, it's like, I say this all the time. I'm like, everybody should be required to work in the like, um, what would you say? Like, like service industry. Service industry. Yeah. Thank you. I was like fast food industry. That's not it. Uh, being a server has taught me so many just general life skills and how to be a good person, if I'm being honest. And so I think that's like the same kind of vein, like getting to walk in their shoes and really see what people go through is uh, as far as like the work that they put in, I think is so important. Um, I've had so many people like reach out to us who have been like, you know, your show brings me so much joy. I'd love to support you. Here's like, you know, me subscribing on Patreon or here's like, a gift that they give us an event to just yeah. be like you brought me joy by doing this thing it must be so hard to do it and they've expressed like it, it is not like some people know it's not a, a easy thing yeah it is a rewarding thing and there's lots of rewarding aspects which we'll get into in a minute so we got a bunch of our patrons on here thank you so much to our lovely patrons we're going to go through a couple of these questions wells our fave our wells boy. is also our mod we love wells they asked what has been the most rewarding part of creating scry babies for each of you so we've talked a little bit about our personal interactions but is there like what do you feel like is the most rewarding thing um, i think it's just like all of the cool memories that come with it and like being cheesy like i get to do this with my friend we get mm-hmm. to have the best time and like it's just really fun i feel like if i was doing this by myself it would not be as no. rewarding it would not be I as agree. fun for me But, like, we get to do this thing that is, like, a cool passion project, but it's also, like, we're hanging out. We get to travel together. We get to travel. We get to do a bunch of cool stuff. So, it's just fun. It's, like, our cool friendship with really cool opportunities because we do this. I think, like, we've talked a lot on, like, our fan base, our viewers, our supporters, too. But, like, even just hearing, like women come up to us and talk about the diversity in the scene um people saying that we've made magic feel accessible to them or we brought joy like those are for sure the things that have like made me like there's definitely hard days we've had days where we're like okay this is like our our camera breaks or something else happens and the two of us are like absolutely defeated and done and exhausted but then we have those moments that we can remember and things we could talk about and, and things that we've accomplished we have accomplished so much individually as content creators together yeah. as friends and also through scrybabies that it's very hard to get out of those pits that we put ourselves in i've cried on set way more times than i'd like to admit and tori's always been there to like pull me out of that so i just think that the rewarding aspect is being able to like i don't know how long we're gonna do this i don't know but when we're old and gray we could be like hey remember that time we played with this person let's watch that video and i think that's really cool yeah. so I'm glad it brings joy to people. Can we be 90 years old filming? I know. What's the best commander (laughs) in 2072? Not me crying thinking about us being old together. Current TV also said, I wonder what the setup for recording a commander game looks like. We're going to do a video because we've been talking about this. I think we should really show what it is to record this, the gameplay, everything else. So we will absolutely do that. Absol Tremera, which is my friend Max from Virginia, who I met playing Magic, said, how do you schedule to have other people on the show? What goes into that process and how much of a headache is having schedules aligned? 
we love Notion. Uh, Notion Google calendars are the chef's kiss. We kind of just like make a wish list. We have like a giant list where I kind of just organized where everybody's from like city wise where they're based uh what formats they play because we were doing other content yeah. before and maybe some suggested guests that might be a good pairing with them we kind of do shoots together so like we'll use the cdh gameplay for example yeah. we, we had ken fly in that was the first guest that we ever flew in to come play with us so ken stack dh came to play and then we just got all the philly locals that play cdh and the rhode island boys so we had alan from mental misplay howling salt mine tyler uh cam and dylan from play to win and then mod came too was that yeah. everybody yeah yeah so it was a lot of people it was plus a Ian wild weekend yeah it was a wild weekend and so fortunately a lot of those people were local um we threw out some dates see what you know stuck the most for people and they came down so it's a lot of we filmed for two days and it is a lot of being like, okay, the first game is this person, Cam and Dylan. Dylan's going to sit in the seat. Cam's going to leave. We're going to fill somebody else in. Then that person's going to stay and we rotate them out. So everybody has a break where they're not sitting all day like the two of us are. Um, as far as like scheduling, like again, we I give Tori like my wish list. She gives me like five of her wish lists, like our dreamies for the year. And we try to get them scheduled in. Yep. Uh, we have a big shoot date that's coming up in both March and April where that's going to be a lot of content. So it's a little bit of just like planning and scheduling, especially when there are multiple days. We want to try and make sure we can record as much as possible, but also not be dead at the end of the yeah. day. Um, what else do you think is like important for our scheduling? Um, I think we try to look at our like weeks in advance to mm -hmm. see like what's going on, what weekend looks good. And then we also try to figure out like what time we want to record, what pod we want to have, what time we're going to do a lunch break. Yeah. Uh, and then we that. also schedule just like little business meetings throughout the week where we're like, okay, well, what do we need to work on? What should we do here? Yeah. Um, it's now, just a bunch of back end stuff that we do too. Like, we've been talking about also doing like, because we want to make sure that the content is um, a little more unique besides the gameplay so we could be like what's the best monocolor commander so we're trying to ask players what kind of decks they want to play so we can make sure our decks work really well with those or provide something unique and different um, so there's a lot of that kind of planning that goes into it cal said how did you decide that you really wanted to try it big rather than just dipping your toe in i know that's a strange question but y'all really jumped into the deep end of gameplay immediately on the production side like we talked about like I don't know what actually set us off because we had been talking about it and making jokes and like saying stuff, but like, I don't know what the factor of us being like, okay, it's time. I think we were just talking about how like we thought gameplay shows were cool, like tabletop jocks was really cool, game nights on Command Zone and all of that channels. And we were like, wow, there's really like not a lot of women doing this. That kind of sucks because a lot of the, again, I hate to sound like I'm being a hater. It's not trying to be taken this way. A lot of the other bigger channels have a lot of the same bigger folks mm -hmm. on there. It is. And yeah. again, we totally get why, you know, like those people are great and they deserve the following they have and they deserve to be featured on channels. Well, also but a lot of them live near each other. A lot too. of them do yeah. live near each other too. Exactly. But a lot of the same faces were seen and we were like, wow, it's kind of stinky that there's so many cool people we also know who are over here who are a little underrepresented and they're probably, you know, not the first thought to be on some of these channels. Let's put them on our channel. And it kind of, you know, is unique, but also helps boost them a little bit too. Like get to see little smaller channels grow. And that's just really cool. Like, you know, you're even having Mook on here. Like I think Mark's one of the best creators yeah. out there. And this was, I think his first commander gameplay show. I think it's really fun because that was one of your first, like, 
friends that you that taught you how to play how to do this and that was really cool for me also too like I don't think I mentioned this but Lee and I have known each other for a long time with just doing cosplay so it was really cool getting to like bring her on the show and do that too granted she's well known so is Mark but like it was just very different and like special to have those kinds of moments so I enjoyed that a lot we did get some questions about um the competitive play and I think we are going to do a podcast all about like the competitive aspect and how we went from doing casual to that so we will have that coming out soon for you uh was there any other notes or things you wanted to mention about just like us making content or inscribe babies I think the only other thing we could touch on is we did decide to go big we didn't dip our toes in with something smaller, but I think we were also kind of doing our own smaller things anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, as individual content creators. As individual yeah. content creators, we kind of were doing our own sketches on TikTok mm-hmm. and on Instagram. So we figured this was the best venture to go in together as a partnership and as a thing. Yeah. Was to go full gameplay. I enjoy watching this this is the question i kind of have all the time is like what is the longevity of gameplay because you can always watch new things but how often is somebody gonna go walk like watch an episode again which i actually do there's a few ones that are where i'll be like that was really fun i'm gonna watch that like again in two months or i like go back to it or there was like a really cool thing that i want to watch again but with gameplay that's like the question of being like well how much replay value does that have i think the podcast you can for sure listen to podcast episodes over and over if you want to do that we're not doing like the educational content we are a little bit in our podcast now but we're not you know doing the prof thing of being like what is the best deck for this what is this best deck yeah and i think with gameplay too it kind of holds the test of time in the sense that the decks still work because of the format that they are, which is why I think Commander gameplay was the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Cards get banned all the time in Modern and Legacy and Pioneer Standard. Standard rotates out. So that was the hardest thing about recording yeah, those games, Yeah, every too. time we recorded a game for 60-card channel, something got banned, literally like clockwork, every single time. So the episode didn't make sense anymore. But Commander, the ban list is very short, and a lot of the cards we play are not ban list worthy. So those decks will still be relevant they will still work even if they're not the most popular cards anymore they are still legal and they still are fun to play uh that's a little bit about i say a little bit as we're like 50 minutes into this um about scrybabies and how we got started as individual content creators and if you have any other questions we are planning on doing just a general q a so you can ask those questions down below um and if you're listening on spotify or on apple Podcasts, you could do so on twitter you could ask us those questions there and again if you are listening on those sites make sure you leave us a review leave us a nice review let us know how we're doing tell us you love this podcast because it makes us excited to read and see all those little stars go up um so yeah thank you for listening that's all i have to say today yeah thank you so much for listening if you enjoy this kind of content and you want to support us uh, check out our Patreon and our bonfire. It is the best way to support the show. And the easiest way to support us is by liking and sharing. It matters so much. So Much more than I think people think. Much more than you realize. So go throw us a like or a thumbs up. Not a thumbs down. I'll be sad. And we will see you next time on the next Scribe Babies podcast. Bye. Bye.